What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shonuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned in to Season 6, Episode 29 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, we've got my partners in crime. we got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, brother? Not much. Just here to talk about the things we love, and that is these games. So let's bring it. All right, all right. And of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. What's up, man? Not much, man. Just uh, eager and ready to talk about them video games on there. So, uh, you know, my my foot's been hurting, so I want to talk about something other than my, than my foot. So, <laughs> old I'm man. Happy to hear old that. Old man pains, huh? <laughs> yeah. Heels and corns. Oh, boy. Oh, Heels yeah. and corns, huh? Not thought... about the corns, but I just had the corns just oh, for a dramatic you... effect. So. You're having a buffet <laughs> over there or something. <laughs> Damn, like uh, pig's feet or something. Ooh. Pickle my feet, put them in the jar or something. Oh, no. Okay, we can move on now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, of course, folks, our first topic on the docket, as always, is going to be the playlist. So, Joe, why don't you kick things off, man? What you been playing? Oh, uh, mixed bag of stuff. So, um... Me and Dez uh, were playing for a couple nights uh, Remnant from the Ashes on the uh, Xbox on there as part of Games Pass. And uh, we were kind of dabbling in it again. Uh, you know, I, pl- I had this uh, epic playthrough with Eric from GH Radio. Uh, I ain't scared. <laughs> I scared. Yeah, and uh, you know, me and Dez, we just uh, dabbled in that for a bit. So I- I'm still enjoying pa- playing that. You know, I like to get back to it. If need be, uh, I'm still kind of learning a little bit. You know, the Dark Souls of Guns thing. I don't think it's like Dark Souls that much. I think it's just more of a, almost like a co-op shooter. Like I think you're uh, kind of um, try to say it's kind of like a Vermintide too, and I kind of feel those kind of similar vibes with the game a little bit. You know, you know it's not an, walk. It's not like a walk in the park, but you know, it's something to where you're just going to have to grind. Uh, get your weapon sets right. Uh, I know um, we. I restarted my character. I know you restarted your character as well on there. And uh, I was playing more of a, a distance character. I forgot the character class, unfortunately. The hunter, I think. Yeah. On there. I know the other character class I was playing with Eric uh, was a... like Scrapper. Scrapper, thank you. So, so um, we'll be dabbling more with Remnant for sure. On there. I mean, we even talked about uh, getting Desmond a PS4 copy, trying to find a cheap copy that we play on that side of the fence versus playing on Xbox. So we can play it on our preferred console. Well, you know, it's Game Pass, so you don't necessarily own it. You know, you could get a 20% discount on it, but, you know, you know, in, in the same way, I mean, if you're able to get a nice, inexpensive copy on your preferred console, you know, might be the way to go. I actually own Remnant for PS4 already, but I've been playing on other platforms because of the fact that um, partying up with people and whatnot. So, 
All right. And then we've also played a few things like Mercenary Kings. This is a game that Desmond kind of pulled out of his uh, backlog on there, and I kind of joined him uh, for it. And um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about the game, Des. I know you're super enthused about it and whatnot. So. Yeah, it's just uh, by the team. Uh, what is it? Tribute Games. Tribute Games. And yeah. they were doing... Um, uh, they did a couple other games that, that I was happy about. They did um, Panzer Paladin, which is the newest game that they did. So, I mean, for me, it's it was just basically just just wanting to go back and see what other these indie games do I have in my in my backlog. I've been really trying to give indies a little bit more love. Um, so that's why I pulled out uh, Mercenary Kings. And it's, it's, it's a very interesting game in that it's... Um, it's a 2d side scroller you know and it's and i really like the style because it was by the people that did um or some of the some of the people that helped out and did um uh scott pilgrim versus the world and i really liked that beat em up so i was like okay and then i liked the art style and uh it kind of plays like contra although joe was saying that people were saying that it plays like monster hunter and contra mixed together and that's only because while you're in the stages, you can pick up different materials and you can make guns um, and you can make all these different weird sort of Frankenstein guns and 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 you can do uh, so there's these pseudo RPG elements to it that are just kind of like, oh, OK, you're not really expecting it in a, in a run and gun kind of game. And it's it's very simple, but but slightly complex at the same time, given given the types of guns that you want to play because you could play with a handgun or an assault rifle or a shotgun but you have to basically put everything together to make it whatever you want i mean it, and it gets pretty absurd as joe was playing with a, a toilet seat a toilet bowl it was 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 the the barrel of his gun so i was just like okay that's pretty interesting hey it, it, it bumped up my uh agility or with the gun it bumped up some of the stats so it's like you know i don't care what it looks like as long as it works good i mean you know, yeah so. and and the characters are pretty fun you know two girls a guy and then a robot and they have these like perfect reloads when you're trying to reload if you do a i guess the more so i keep saying contra but it's more so like um uh, you said it before. Uh, metal slug. Yeah, metal slug. It's got that metal. It's like slug a hub-based metal slug, if you can imagine that. So a what base? Sorry. Hub hub, hub base. Yeah. You know, just like like with Monster Hunter, you go back to town. You know, you go get your mission. Uh, you go and you know, obviously, uh, create guns, create uh, armor create on there, mods. Knives. <laughs> yeah. Crazy knives. I got a knife that like freezes enemies on there, but I got yeah, like a pizza cutter, you know. A, yeah. You make a spoon. Get, like uh, a spoon. Yeah, God forbid you're going to spoon your enemies to death or uh, use a pickaxe, you know. So it's, it's, it's very tongue in cheek on there. And Tribute's always been good for their pixel art, you know. It's, it looks almost like the same artist that did Scott Pilgrim. So I'm, I'm down on there. So yeah. Uh, again, really fun, really. Uh, interesting, and I'm I'm enjoying it to say the least. So, yeah. Now I don't know if you want to cover it right now, Kev, since we're talking about it as a group, because I know you played it for a little bit too. Uh, yeah. It. I didn't like it as much as you guys did, yeah. and the reason I didn't was because it's like when I pick up a shotgun, I expect to have a shotgun, and you know, like you were saying, there are some some RPG elements. 
and you have to equip the barrel and the receiver and the magazine and all that stuff has to match up and it's like my brain just could not it's like okay i've got the shotgun why isn't it working you know i had i had the shotgun and it's shooting regular pistol shells and it's just like i don't know man for me for this style of for this style of game i just want to just run and gun i don't need all that art i don't need all that rpg stuff in it so uh, yeah it didn't do much for me uh because of that i, th- I thought it was just the art style was cool the um, the gunplay, I think it could have been better if they, if like for example, they the the game wasn't caught up in a lot of that RPG stuff. Like uh, you can't shoot diagonally up. I don't know if they've got guns that shoot spread or something at some point that you get later on yeah, or they do. find parts for. But, yeah, but you can't shoot diagonally up um, ordinarily, and I found that kind of a, eh. So, you know, I want to play this like Contra or Metal Slug. I don't want to play this like, uh, you know, like 2D Zelda, you know, picking stuff up and making stuff. Yeah, it's totally valid. Makes sense. Yeah. And this is like the... um, reloaded version which came out later on there i know when it first initially came out it didn't get as as highly regarded as it was it is a playstation plus game just to throw that out there too so if you did happen to redeem it for that particular month should be in your ps plus library so just in case you want to play with us and jump in uh feel free you know go and we'll talk where to contact us at the end of the show yeah it's four player on there yeah, yeah, I know a uh, listener of the show, Surgeon Fire, loaded up. It's a super uh, quick download, too. It's a small uh, file size, so if you're worried about any sort of, uh, um, you know, putting another game on your hard drive, you got to clean that fridge. You know, no, no fridge cleaning on this one. So. Clean that fridge. Uh, also, <laughs> been playing a few other things. Uh, Risk of Rain 2. Um, I played that for the first time since our, like, Friday night playthrough, like, a week ago, Des. On here, yeah. so I was kind of playing a little bit uh, single player on there, and um, enjoyed what I played. You know, just getting used to the mechanics and uh, not being in co-op, of course, on there. So just that rinse and repeat gameplay just kind of got me down, and I'll be uh, definitely dabbling in that some more yeah. on that. And of course, uh, the two other temple games I've talked about ad nauseum, far as on the PlayStation 4, a Division 2 Warlords. On there, you know, it was like something I threw on while I was waiting for uh, a download to get done on there from the Monster Hunter World Iceborne. On there, so uh, still enjoying that. I mean, uh, not, not much to say. I do want to eventually beat the um, Warlords campaign so I could get into back to Washington D.C. and then see what else has come about. I know the latest patch is due to come out, I believe, including enemies that come back from beyond on there they do have a zombie component coming up on that i don't think this is the first time for division two for that either on there. so i'm kind of curious to kind of dig into that uh, monster Hunter world iceborne uh, opened up uh, hunter rank uh, kev helped me do a couple missions on there uh you know one had to do with a, a mission where you had to fight a karen with a broken uh horn on there and it happened to be just the introduction of Rajang on there. And of course, you know, luck behold at that time of my playthrough, I was like tired and falling asleep and 
Kev actually saved my ass Came because through. he, yep, trapped him just about the same time I carded, and the, <laughs> the mission would have 86. Because you know you die so many times in the Monster Hunter mission, and pretty much the the mission failed, and you go back to camp with your head, yeah, you know, hung low on there. But he happened to capture just about the same time I carded, so. Like I, I was sad. I was like appearing back in camp, but once I appeared back in camp, it's like what? I thought it was mission failed, and you no, know, Kevin caught it. So, so I'll be digging a little bit more in, into Iceborne. You know, I'm I haven't been like pedal to the metal with it the last few weeks. The game I've been pedal to the metal with is uh, still Crackdown Three. So, and pretty much I'm just like uh, doing some cleaning right now i'm just going through a different territories grabbing some agility orbs grabbing some hidden orbs because i got two more bosses to take down and pretty much it's game over for me so on that but uh, i got driving up to max level you know it's the driving component in that game kind of at beginning sucks the asses of the biggest asses of ass it's like just bad on there but once you like everything else in the game once you powered it up and get it to a better level the gameplay just opens up i kind of feel bad for people that you know look at this game uh at the beginning of it because by the end when you're fully leveled up it just feels like a whole different game on that even the driving i mean the driving seems cool and i've gotten hang of uh of running with the different vehicles on that including the uh jumping the uh you know kind of agile one where you're climbing up uh buildings and that kind of thing and uh I've actually got quite adept to um, do the whole racing up a building thing, which the control is, you know, you have to learn it. So that's pretty much been my uh, playlist for the week. I finally got my Cyberpunk Xbox One X out of its box, and so it's uh, in my living room now. I'm, you know, slowly but surely going through and you know re-engineering my setup so including dusting things off you know god forbid dust exists in this life otherwise you know i wouldn't do anything to anything you know so dust dust yes so what you been up to kev what you been playing uh well for me it's been just some some more monster hunter uh the usual stuff going in there i'm trying to um get my uh, my Safi bows meta I've got two no well yeah I think I've got two I've got my dragon bow is as would be considered a meta set now and I've got my um, I think it's my Safi ice bow that is just about meta I need to do one more thing to it so I don't know every time I think I'm going ready to put that down. <laughs> I always I wind up going back in there. Um, I did I did have a unicorn uh, scenario there. People keep telling me that you can't get all seven areas in the Guiding Lands at level seven. Well, I was playing for about an hour and a half on some guy's Guiding Land session that had all the areas at level seven. Oh wow! Like every one of them. So I was able to get some, I was able to fill some gaps with the, in, in my uh, resources for the Guiding Lands because the stuff that you really need comes from the, art, the tempered monsters in each area. 
So I was able to fill in some of those uh, some of those remaining vacancies there, so which I was glad to be able to do, and that's how I was able to get my ice bow, my Safi ice bow set uh, up to near mid. I still have one more element that I need to get for that one, and then once I get my ice bow, I might do the thunder, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I really should. Uh, move on to move on to something else because that uh, it's like I, I've got I've got all the sets that I really that I that I really want right now, and uh, they could be pow more powerful, but I'm not I'm I'm not going to trip too much. I say that now, but then next week I'll be doing this other thing. Um, also played Sekiro, and I got past the gun for it finally, and that part really was a pain. Because unlike other, I actually had to look up a YouTube video to figure out where the heck, how do I get past the gun fort? Because there's this whole section in the gun fort that you don't have to do. And even if you do it, you really don't get anything for it other than maybe some experience points. But basically you have to talk to... Um, uh, the the uh, what is he? The, he's like this little boy who's he's, he's the one that that as a shinobi you're protecting, and he tells you to go talk to Lord Ishin, who is like he's like head of this whole area. Well, I've been running past that place where you're where you where he's supposed to be, and I would go in there, and the guy was never in there, and I was like, okay, I don't understand what's going on, so I went back. You had to do like two additional conversations with uh, two character with another character that's in the same room as the uh, the dragon the, the the dragon heir who's that little boy, and then you go talk to Ishin and then you come back, and when you do, then the little boy is in another area of that same room and in that un that new unlocked area. Is the key to the gun is is the key to the uh, to the gun fortress getting out of there. So I was just glad to get that done. <laughs> yeah. it was because and it's weird because um, usually Sekido is it, the the things that you need are not that are not that obscure. Like if you need a key, you kill a guy, and you get the key. And this was the first time where you actually have to go up, go through a conversation tree in order to get something that you need that's not even on that level. So I was running around trying to figure out where the hell this damn key was in the gun fortress underneath there. And I, I you know, lo and behold, it's in the area that, <laughs> that I'd already been, been at, which is kind of unusual for this game. So I uh, actually turned on the Xbox and uh, played some, well, while a game was downloading, I played some more Ninja Gaiden 2. Uh, have, you know, that game is... A lot of people still say that um, Ninja Gaiden Black is the best of the trilogy. I think it... I, I say it's two. Uh, less camera issues. Uh, more focus on combat as opposed to obscure platforming that's in the first one. Uh, and the combat is just, I think that there's enough change in the combat that really makes it, uh, makes it shine in the trilogy. 
So play some of that. And the reason I was playing Ninja Gaiden 2 was because I downloaded Battletoads. And I wanted to see what, what, what the deal was with Battletoads. And I know I've been making fun of it a lot. And, but after playing a couple of levels, the game, the game is not total trash. Well, that's good. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's not good. And the reason I say it's not good is if the game would have just stuck to the to the combat, it would have been a much better game. It would have been more focused. But they've intermittent the fun parts, which is the, the, the relatively fun parts, which are the which is the combat with these stupid mini games that are just dumb. Like, you know, turn the, con- and they're, they only last for like a few, like maybe a couple minutes. And like the one that, I, the one that I did was, uh, after I got past the introductory beat em up stage, you know, the battle toads become unemployed. And so each one of them is doing a menial, a menial, a menial job, like, um, the big guy, I can't for the the big toad. He's a he's a, a a masseuse, so you have to do this 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 quick time event for him to give an alien a massage, and then uh, the one with the sunglasses is working in some office. So you gotta hit these buttons in sequence, these face buttons in sequence to keep sending emails while he's listening to. Uh, a conversation take place at a, at a at a water cooler. And I mean, I guess some of that stuff could be funny, but the these little mini games just took me out of the game. And then the one with the sunglasses, he's uh he's at some like a comic con and he's prepping. He has to prep posters for some zombie looking dude who's signing autographs for either a comic or whatever and he's got to prep them so you've got to do button presses to prep him for the celebrity to sign and hand to a fan and i did that and then that brought me to the uh the turbo bike sequence which unlike the 8-bit instead of it being side view it's from behind the bike and it's it's stupid it's very dumb the way they did that because the idea of the original one for the bike for the, for the uh, the bike area was that the way you gauged your jump was you counted the number of flashes that each blockade would appear in and it became like it, it became almost like a rhythm game but because the viewpoint is from directly behind the toads these blockades that that appear up you can't you can't see what's behind the one that's coming up. So as you progress toward the end, your reaction time become it, it has to be all the quicker. Your bike doesn't move any faster, and and it's just it just it just becomes uh, um, frustrating uh, because the mechanics of the game are just really whack in that part and that's where I said you know I think I've seen all this game has to offer me Uh, but there there is some bright spots in the combat like um, I found it kind of easy to do air juggles if you combine the dash that the toads do 
after you knock an enemy up in the air, there's a there's some interesting things you can do in the combo system there, but there's there's just not any meat on this in this game that I could see. And I went to YouTube and watched some of the other sequences that you do outside of the melee, and they're even dumber than the ones that I did. So eh, I, I give it a meh. I give it a meh minus. It's not total trash, but in my opinion, it's not worth. It wasn't worth my time. If they do just an arcade version of it without all the side stuff, would that be something you might be worth a playthrough? It would be better, for sure, because you know Battle Toads is a beat 'em up. And that's what it, they should have made it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's like a, a a bunch of mismatched, quick mini games that that don't make any sense, and and they especially need to leave out those stupid. Um, like quick time events. Those are just those just completely take you out of the game. So you know it, it was it was just very very uninteresting. You know I the the animation is actually not bad. I'm still not in love with that art style, but um, it's it's not total trash like I thought it would be. So I guess that that's a <laughs> that is a, a, an up a slight uptake in in my uh, in my expectation for that game. So that's good. <laughs> there's that. But um, other than that, I know I played Mercenary Kings like I mentioned before. But so other than that, that's been what I've been playing. So Des, why don't you share with the folks what you've been rocking this week? Sure. Uh, I've been playing, again, I've been playing mostly independent games, um, which has been really kind of a lot of fun. Uh, just been able to just kind of sit around and, and take it out and, and try uh, these different games. Um, the one game that I did play that was not an indie, or I guess you could consider it kind of an indie, uh, was uh, Destroy All Humans. I, I sat down and started playing that, and so I played the first couple of levels of that, and I never played the first one, so I had no frame of reference. But it plays like you would like you would expect a you know nineteen fifties alien uh, attack of the you know world type of situation. So I, it's funny the the humor is is very um, very silly, and it it's definitely in uh, a uh, late or early 2000s kind of or mid 2000s kind of game just just the way it, it comes off and you know and you know anal probes and stuff like that so it's it's kind of funny so but it's not a bad game you know to by any stretch of the mean it looks fantastic and the game the game runs smoothly so i thought it was fun and i probably will play a little bit more of it um did play like i said uh assassins uh sorry um uh, uh mercenary kings uh, played Remnant from the Ashes with Joe. That was uh, definitely a lot of fun, and I, and I really enjoyed playing that with him. And uh, I'm probably definitely probably gonna play that again, you know, uh, as well because it was just I really enjoyed it. Um, what else did I play? Oh, I I played Bastion. Um, haven't really played that uh, at all, hardly. Um, so again, going back into my backlog, trying to play these independent games um and also played uh, chasm which is another uh, independent game bastion being done by super giant games and bastion doing by i think it's 8-bit or 
Bit kid. Bit kid. Thank you. I knew it was a bit in it. Just couldn't think of the one. <laughs> but, but yeah. So it's uh, that's kind of what I've been really kind of playing lately. Is just really trying to play these indies. And then when I flip on my, um, my Xbox, I'm usually playing uh, uh, Knights of the Republic Two. I really enjoy that game. I know I'm probably gonna get hate mail for saying this but i actually enjoy it more than the original knights of the old republic you know it's kind of funny i i i usually enjoy the 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 second games that obsidian has done like i i enjoyed you know uh um for the fallout game i and i enjoyed fallout new vegas more than i did you know the other fallout games so i i just am just a a lover of their work i guess i don't know so but that's really what i've been playing um so it's it's basically been an indie week for me, and I've loved it, loved it, loved it. So, well, all right then, Des. Well, we are going to move on to our next section of our show, which is going to be news. So, Joe, why don't you let the folks know what's been going on in the gaming world? All right. Well, we're gonna kick things off. Uh, DC had their big sing this past Saturday. Yeah, their fandom. <laughs> fandom, yes. Ugh. Lots of stuff got announced, including movies, and I wasn't sure as far as any comics, you know, you know, with the whole purge that AT&T did with uh, all the Warner Brothers uh, properties and whatnot, including DC. It's like I'm not sure if they had anything to show, but... Mm. They revealed a couple of new video games. So first one is from WB Games Montreal on there, and it's a game called uh, Gotham Knights. And so uh, the storyline in the game is that Batman is dead. He is is dead. And with the Gotham City Police Department finding the body of Bruce Wayne, with his death, he sent a message to his trusted comrades, um, Nightwing, Batgirl, Red Hood, and Robin. On there, so the quartet gets control of the Belfry, a base taken from Detective Comics, and they will here protect Gotham City. On there, so that's the setup. The Bat Family, uh, focused new game from WB um, Games Montreal. Each character gets their own weapon, with uh, Robin wielding a staff, Batgirl handling a weapon that seems to morph between a Tanfa and a, a Nunchuck. Uh, Nightwing with his fam- familiar uh, Escrima. Esc- am I saying that right? Escrima sticks. Escrima yeah, sticks, yes. Two batons. And uh, Red Hood uh, featuring good old guns on there. So so it's Detective, the Fighter, the Urban Legend on there. The Gotham Knights will have solo and two-player online co-op play on there. And at the end of the trailer, they showed off the Court of Owls, the secret society of aristocrats that control Gotham. And it's likely that Bruce Wayne isn't actually dead and the Court of Owls have have him, uh, perhaps as their enforcer Talon on there. So we'll have to see what happens with all this business. Uh, they, they did have a gameplay uh, trailer too, which I happen not to watch, but it said that it showed Batgirl on a bat-themed motorcycle. Um, and then Batgirl is joined by Robin as the pair sneak past Mr. Freeze goons for a sneak attack. Um, what they're stating is Gotham Knights have levels, experience, and resources similar to Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey. And there is what appears to be enemy levels as well on there. So 
And they uh, talked about that the characters being able to grow and reinvent themselves, so you'll be able to go and take a look at possibly something like a skill tree on there. So and obviously there's different costumes to collect. So, And the game is coming out in 2021 for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X with that wonderful quote-unquote smart, smart delivery trademark from Microsoft. So, Woohoo! On that, so any impressions of Gotham Knights? What, you, what do you gentlemen think? I'm going to play it. I think it looks great. I cannot wait to play it. It's going to be... I'm like, yay! <laughs> so as a comic book fan, I'm totally here for it. I can't, you know, I can't say that I won't because I know that I am. So I'm like, yay! So um, I, I know more I could say. It looks great. Um, I thought the traversal... Each one has a different tra- traversal. Um, each one supposedly fights differently. I know a lot of people were worried about it because they're thinking it's going to be a, a service-type model. And one person on... Um, I can't remember what it... What, one of the people that I watch on um, uh, on YouTube was saying that it's it's like the answer to Avengers. And I'm like, I don't think it's that. But, but it's a two-player co-op. You can play the whole thing by yourself. Or someone can drop in and out whenever they want. And what I think is kind of interesting is supposedly as you level up, uh, the 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 bosses level up with you. So if you take on suppose and what they showed, if you, if you take on Mister Freeze when you're at a lower level, he, he, the the battle will be different than if you fight him. Um, if you're if you're more uh, leveled up, so I guess you can kind of progress at your own leisure. Or take on um, different events uh, at your leisure. So I'm kind of wondering how that progression system is going to work. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, like stealth takedowns. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how you can improve or adjust the characters. Uh, the bad the, the baddies, the Court of Owls, fantastic. If you have not read that uh, that series, it was in Batman. Uh, the Court of Owls, uh, it was really, really good. Um, and, and they introduced the Talons and everything and the enforcers of the horse, the, 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 uh, Court of Owls. So I'm, I'm excited. Like, I, I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. Um, I am, again, I am still a little bit, uh, worried that it's going to be, um, too much of a of a service you know, a games a game service but again i can't i can just be you know i can just do my best to try to enjoy what's happening <laughs> you know and, and see see how it goes but uh kev any any thoughts from you uh i watched the trailer the combat looked interesting um reminiscent of the arkham series games the only thing that really has me concerned is that you got dudes with levels appearing over their heads and I'm like okay how is that going how is that going to play out so if I if I'm out if I'm a level 2 character and some kind of way I wound up in an area with a level 7 dude just a regular grunt Regard, is it going to be one of those things where I got to fight this guy a regular grunt for an hour and a half before I take him out even if I'm dodging his attacks and doing all that stuff, you know, that's the only thing that kind of has me concerned when they start doing this, this RPG, putting these RPG elements in games that should really just focus 
on the mechanics of combat like the Arkham games did. Um, so that's really my only my only caveat that I saw. The idea of the bosses leveling up with you is very interesting, especially if it's going to, you know, his attack patterns are going to change, his moveset's going to change as you level up. But it's that level on the grunt that has me a little bit worried. But, you know, the game looks good, like you said. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, a Batman game without Batman, uh, as, as it seems to be, you know, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> I know, you some know. people were surmising because of the um sony thing with batman at least they had they some exclusivity that they were gonna have batman appear in this game only on playstation for some reason hey if they can get away with it i say do it (laughs) put that value in your product i doubt you gotta do what you gotta do is you know one company's not doing that that would be hilarious if they do that like, I would give them props if they did that. I'd be like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious if they're going to have uh, further characters uh, for downloadable content, maybe seasons, that kind of thing. I'm kind of curious. You know, so I won't get no Huntress, no uh, Man Bat, no Ace Why? the Bat Hound. <laughs> Ace the Bat Hound. No, dude. You're not going to get Ace the Bat Hound. Oh, I'm not? Oh, damn. No. Oh, well. No Ace the Bat Hound. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'm pulling some obscure batman references up, up I, the I got him i know is man bats is, is that still in the lore or not yeah, really man bats still around he's a good right, guy good now oh, is he yeah he's a good guy now well he was always a good guy he had that um he had that weird sort of um lizard kind of thing where he was only he was only evil because of the the serum that he took it made him feral so I'm used to '70s Man Bat, so Man Bat was actually kind of a, even though it sounds dumb, it was actually a pretty cool concept, especially for a seven and eight year old. So, so he turns uh, into a bat. Oh my god, he's evil. It turns <laughs> like, into a bat. Yeah, I was the same way, dude. So I can't lie. <laughs> I was all about it. I was like, he turns into a bat. He's a villain. <laughs> Yeah, Ace the Bat Hound. No, I won't. I won't cry if Ace the Bat Hound's not in there. So. That'd be great, actually. I'd play it if Ace the Bat Hound was there. I'm like hell yeah. Hell, you want to take an obscure onto world's finest, like 1972 Batman Junior and Superman Junior. There you go. They already got them. They're already around. Are they? I didn't yeah. even know. So yeah, well, they have kids now. Batman and Robin have kids. Sorry, Batman and Rob. Batman and uh, Superman have kids now. So, you spoiler expect? alert! Spoiler, dude. They've had kids for like years. <laughs> Read a comic. <Okay. laughs> In any case, we. I digress. It, it looks like a pretty good game, and I'm gonna play it. Yeah. One thing, though, um, this was kind of stated that this is not going to be in the Arkham universe. So that's one thing I want to make known on there. A lot of people were kind of thinking it was an Arkham sequel, but. Um, it's basically going to be its own separate universe as far as this uh, particular Batman title. So yeah, I guess the next Ro- game, Sounds next game, yeah. Rocksteady yeah. didn't, I guess, didn't want to give up the ghost. But the next game that they announced at the event was Rocksteady's Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League on there. So they showed like about a four-minute trailer. Happened to have a chance to watch it on there a little bit. Um, they showed kind of a glimpse of what combat might be looking like on there so 
uh, with all four members darting around Metropolis and fighting Allegiant enemies while bantering back and forth in that Suicide Squad style on there. Um, they did re- state in the press release that uh, Warner Brothers and Rocksteady confirmed that it is going to be playable as single player or co-op with the former being able to switch uh, between characters at will on there if you play the single player uh, version on there. So each squad member will have their own abilities as well as traversal tra- traversal options for getting around an open world version of Metropolis on there. There will also be a variety of weapons and skills to choose from for dealing with various good gooders, do-gooders of the uh, Justice League on that. So, and obviously this is going to be in the Arkham universe on there. So, you know, and, uh, I know, Des, you want to combat, kind of comment about, because I guess they show Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark yes. on there. And I know Captain Boomerang, you mentioned, is not the OG uh, no, Captain I don't Boomerang. Know. I don't know if it is or not. You can't you can't okay. put that on me because it has not been uh, confirmed. But if it's gotcha. following the comic book. So people were saying, or someone had said that it's a teleporting Boomerang that he can, but if you look at, okay, so if you look at the thing, and you read the comic books, you'll find, and, you know, please correct me in the comments or, or shoot us something in Twitter, but basically what happened in the comic books is, um, I think it was the original Captain Boomerang had an affair with Golden Glider, because they are both Flash villains, and they had an illegitimate son, and that's the new Boomerang, or Boomerang 2, and he's actually a speedster, so he can actually... He has super speed, not as fast as Flash or anybody like that, but he is a speedster and he can run super fast. And so that's what you're seeing is actually him throwing the the, the boomerang and then catching up to it. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the case or if they're following the comic book, but that's what happened in the comic book. So my hope is that they are making it more comic booky because I think that that would be really kind of cool, actually. But we'll see once it uh once it comes out um and that's you know the harley quinn from from the games although i think they were doing her uh, her her hair makes her look very matronly because they put it i put them up in two little buns and stuff so i guess they probably did that because flowing hair just does not work so they made her that they made her hair a lot more um uh a lot easier to probably program maybe i don't know but I, I i didn't that was one thing i didn't like i didn't like her hair i thought uh king shark looked fantastic out of all of them i thought king shark looked the best um i really like this sort of uh nice not nice but sort of you know nicer version of king shark that they're that they're putting out there you know he just is this kind of lovable goofball that has to be that's half man half shark so so it's just kind of yeah. fun, like in in Deadshot, it's the uh, it's the black version because that is now uh, most likely going to be the canon version of Deadshot to most still to a lot of people's chagrin. Unfortunately, that's what it is. So y'all can be mad about it, whatever. Um, but that's mostly yeah, because of that... the Will Smith uh, version that came out of the movies. So so that kind of trumps it now. So taha, see what I did there. So um, so so that's what's going on with that. So out of all four of them. I really hope in this game you get to meet other members of the Suicide Squad. So I hope this is an adult game because if you've read the Suicide comics, and Joe, I know you have, uh, they're pretty bloody um, or they can be bloody and people just don't make it. So that's always the thing about the Suicide Squad is folks don't be making it back. 
So, so I hope you meet oh. other other members of the Suicide Squad, and we get to see Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, and Aquaman or whoever eviscerate them. Like, I would love to see that. I think that would be so cool. But, but we'll we'll see. I'm glad that they actually invested in this uh, series beyond the first movie, which was kind of, you know, not lauded for being all that good on there. So I don't know what your opinion of the first movie was, but yeah, it wasn't you know, good. It, was it wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, it was all right, so, but it definitely could have been a lot better. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, the James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad coming out next year in theaters look looks so much better. So, yeah. Any thoughts from you, Kev? What do you think about it? I didn't see that trailer, so okay. I don't. I I really don't know. Okay, well, you definitely should check it out. Although, honestly, you don't really see much of anything, which is kind of annoying. But again, it's just a trailer, so and it's not going to be out for quite a while. So, twenty twenty two. Yeah, and it's not going to be across uh, platform. So you're just gonna what you get is what you get. So yeah, so it's uh, next gen consoles and PC. No. Uh, uh, Xbox One version that I could play on my 2013 Xbox One. Nope, you can't play this one. 2013 Xbox One. Nope. So. Sorry, bud. No smart, no smart delivery on this one. So. <laughs> smart delivery. <laughs> Silly. <sighs> All right, good deal. And speaking of uh, Xbox, uh, there is a current rumor making the rounds on here. So this is came from a post from Resetera, but it's someone that was noted on the form as being someone that possibly is in the know on there, um, stating that uh, that 343 might look to dump the Xbox One SKU of Halo Infinite. Uh, user Sponger, who has in the past leaked information related to Xbox Game Studios, says that 343 internally is struggling to optimize Infinite for the Xbox One S on there, which is the least powerful platform in which the title will be releasing on. The current version of Halo Infinite on Xbox One S is nowhere near 1080p. It's even lower than 900p and is having serious asset loading issues. Much worse than you've seen on the PC demo uh, that was shown at the Xbox Game Showcase. Uh, They went forward to state that 343 is in a quote-unquote messy state when it comes to making decisions at the moment. Uh, the studio is also dead set on ensuring that Halo Infinite needs to be the best game in the history of the franchise. And as such, 343 would even consider pushing the game further back out of 2021 if needed on there. So. That'd be the worst thing they do. They do that. Well, I mean, you know, to me, I think they should hit with both feet running on this. So, I mean, if they're struggling, they're struggling. I mean, I mean me and Kev talked about this a little bit with Captain Mike M on twitter and you know obviously they hired a bunch of people to try to get this game up to snuff but obviously you know you could hire all the people in the world and make up for lost time especially if they're just having trouble you know coming up with their singular vision for this title on there and having to also develop it for the xbox one uh, series of platforms on top of the uh, series platforms obviously is uh, you know obviously causing a little bit more of a uh, of a wrench in the whole mix on there so so i think for the future of the game itself um if they need to can the xbox one version let them can the xbox one version so you know i move forward and 
don't don't be looking back at the 2013 Xbox One as being your um, release of your current gen content on that. So, so any opinions? I know you, we probably talked about Halo Infinite ad nauseum for the last month, give or take. So, well, when you try to be all all things to everybody, to all people, that's what you get. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised by it, but you know, they're it's kind of what they're doing. So. You know, enjoy, yeah. I guess. Well, I, I hope they've just flip-flopped like they have been on the other titles that the show that the Xbox games showcase, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, Obsidian's, you know, new AAA RPG, you know, they didn't really mention the Xbox One version of that. And I don't want these games to be limited, uh, especially with, you know, stuck in last-gen versions, even though, you know, Games do scale back and forth. It's just the point that, uh, you know, you want to, you know, have the uh, creative vision of the people creating the games and not be hampered uh, by having to design with too much of a, uh, you know, span of, of systems to support when you're creating such things, you know. Something like Grounded or Battletoads, I don't see the issue, but, you know, we're dealing with a game that they want to, you know, obviously have all the bells and whistles attached to it. It's the right thing to do. So we'll see what happens, though. So. And Kev, any opinion over there, sir? Uh, they, this, they should, well, they should delay it. If this, this doesn't need to be a rumor, this should be a confirmed fact. Delay it. Don't make it for the for the for the Xbox One series of consoles. Make this a Series X PC title and make it the best Halo in the series. Because 343 not only has to prove themselves to the Halo hardcore, they've got well well they have to prove themselves to the Halo hardcore because none of their Halo games are held in any high regard. And you've got to please your base. If you don't please your base, then you're not going to attract that, that you're not going to attract that many, you know, the base of the people that are going to carry the water for that title. And it has to be the best Halo in the series. I, I honestly think I agree with that. And I think if this thing comes out and it's crap, uh, three four three might be in some type of trouble. Now, they and, probably are already. And, yeah. And this, uh, the thing that I could never figure out, you, this studio is not small. It, it consists of he- several hundred people. And I'm thinking, you guys are a first party studio. You have the hardware in house. Why can't you get this stuff together? And I can't remember who it was, and he made a great point. Uh, I want to say it was the guy that hosts uh, the Moore's Moore's Law is Dead. I want to say it was it was his show. Uh, very good uh, PC gaming slash console gaming podcast. Uh, and he made a comment that it doesn't matter. And I'm attributing it to him because I think this is where it was said on his show. It doesn't matter how talented your coders are if you don't have proper leadership, your projects are going to suck. Mm-hmm. because it's that leadership that guides the vision of what this game needs to be. And this game does not need to be 
a Game Pass molded service title. It needs to be a true Halo game. You know, that's what it needs to be. And you cannot you cannot develop for the future and keep uh, uh, and keep a hand in and keep your back keep your hand in the in the back pocket trying to pull the the Xbox One and the One X along for the ride. People are forgetting that when these consoles were announced, at least at least for particularly with the PlayStation Five, the SSD is supposed to change the way games are developed, meaning either no or greatly reduced loading times. How can you have no or greatly reduced loading times on a on with with a system that has a physical hard drive in it? You can't. You have to design the game for the lowest common denominator, which means that even if that game, if you could scale the graphical image, the graphics image, it's not truly a next gen game because it's designed with last gen abilities in mind. So it's not fully utilizing the power of the Series X. They need to make Halo for this next gen. End of story. It's got to be done. So I, I, I applaud 343 for, de- for delaying the game. They need to kick that, that, that 1X, 1S version to the curb and move forward into the future. Yeah, we'll see next year. Or we'll, we'll see if maybe more is spoken about the game, but it is a 2021 title as we speak. So, all right, next news story. This is an announcement that was done earlier today, but there is another new Monster World game coming out, a new Wonder Boy game uh, coming out. Wonder Boy Asha in Monster World was revealed for both the PlayStation 4 and Switch. And what's the wrinkle with this one is that it's by the series' original developers. So uh, the couple of games that have came come out kind of in celebration of the previous Monster World games, some Wonder Boy games. Uh, one was a remake of Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap, on there. And then the other one was called uh, Monster Boy on there. But uh, this uh, stirred enough so the original creators of the uh, original um, Wonder Boy and Monster World games has stated that they are going uh, to release a new version of the game. It, 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 uh, stars Asha, which is the female protagonist from Monster World 4, uh, in this new game on there. And so it's uh, beginning a 2021 release. Uh, there's going to be some more game. There'll be a gameplay reveal coming up later on this week at the Gamescom Awesome Indie Showcase on August 29th on there. It's developed by uh, Japanese studios and Ninin and uh, Studio Artink on there, and it's going to be handled by the original staff of the Wonder Boy series. So, Ryushi uh, Nishizawa, which is the main creator of the series, is directing this new entry on there. And then they have both a music designer and character designer and creative manager are all from the original um, Sega published games from you know way back when and during the Master System and Genesis days on that so and they're also planning on fully voicing the game as well so awesome so, yeah i can't wait to see it because 
You know, I've dabbled in Monster World 4. Uh, that was basically the last Monster World game, but it didn't get translated into English until about maybe about five years ago when there was a you know fans translation online on there. I know back in the day, I actually bought the import Mega Drive version for my Genesis, but you know, once I like moved on from that system, I did not keep it. I kind of kicked myself in the you-know-what in my rear for selling a lot of my stuff at the time, but uh, a lot of my uh, sales were fueled to buy other stuff, so, so I kind of wish I had half the stuff I used to have, at least back in the day on there but uh you know seeing them coming back like you know like the old hands come back the you know back in the saddle one more time on here so so i'm kind of really curious to see the trailer and seeing what they iterated off the uh dragon's trap remake and uh, the monster boy game that came out you know kind of stirred that blood and give them a little bit new inspiration to get this game developed and released so we'll see any thoughts, gentlemen? I might have to check it out. Try it. For sure. We'll see. Uh, and there's a screenshot of uh, at least some good some of the character design, so we'll have to see. Uh, Gamescom is this weekend, so there's supposed to be quite a bit of announcements. Uh, Jeff Keighley is on the, the ones and twos on here, so you will make sure that we have plenty of stuff to talk about next week on that now more indies were shown uh nintendo did have an indie world showcase on here and i'm not going to cover everything that was announced but there's a couple games that kind of caught my eye a bit on there and i could talk to you des because i know you had a chance to watch this as well right uh i did not actually oh you didn't no okay. i did i'm just messing with you all right don't mess with me because you're the one that talked me into like checking this out you know so well. It, it was good. Yeah, quite a few games were shown, actually. And so the ones I kind of caught my eye a bit. Um, of course, uh, Torchlight 3 was announced for the Switch, which is, you know, obviously it's in uh, early access right now on the PC on here. So it is coming out in uh, fall, which if you're not familiar with Torchlight, um, it's basically a, uh, a Diablo-like, you know, uh, steampunk looting on the go. On here, so I'm just curious to see how the Switch version um, kind of rolls out then from there compared to the PC version. And you know, uh, were you thinking about picking this up, Des? Because I wasn't sure if um, you were going to pick it up on the Switch or thinking about another platform, perhaps if it's announced for either Xbox or PlayStation, perhaps. I'd probably pick it up on PlayStation if anything. Like I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to pick it up on the um, on the Switch. I think this is yeah. a game that. If I'm gonna play with you and other people, I, my 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 system for playing stuff with other people is usually the the, the PS4. So that's probably the, the what I'm gonna pick it up on. So yeah, uh, another game that got announced for Switch, uh, which has already been on the PC. It's on a um, early access on the Epic Game Store. Is Super Giants Hades on there? And so yeah, um, uh, from all the games they've shown, I mean, pretty much I've been kind of really interested in Hades. I just didn't want to have to buy early access on Epic, per se, on here. So this gives me an idea as far as uh, uh, a way to be able to go and play this on console. And I think this might be coming out at least a limited time window uh, for the Switch first before it comes out on other platforms. Yeah, it's, it's probably be a be. time. It probably would be a timed exclusive. 
And the art style looks great. Um, oh, yeah. It is uh, a, uh, a run-based action game, kind of. It's similar to Diablo in a little bit, but I don't want to kind of stick it in that genre because the a lot of games in that genre are very stuck in uh, the gameplay loop and everything. And it looks like this is a little bit beyond the usual formula on that for that type of game, if need be. So, on there, one thing they did announce is this supporting uh, cross save with the uh, PC version. Which, uh, if you do have it on, you know, multiple, if you have it on Epic and you want to take your save game on the go, uh, like anyone's going to be going on the go right now with COVID, but still, it's like, uh, you know, we'll have to take that for what it's worth on that. But uh, another game that was shown, uh, Spirit Fair. Uh, look very good to me i mean pretty much i think i might have even talked about this game uh previously it's by thunder lotus games on there and uh it's uh, was shadow drop last week for switch it also came out for uh, xbox games pass so if you do have a games pass subscription it is on there plus pc on that and uh, it's kind of a what they call it's a call a cozy management sim about dying on here, so it's not about kind of, dying. You're you're well. You're you're, you're helping away you're, people who are dead. <laughs> correct. Yeah, you're helping uh, animals basically make their way to the afterlife on there. So, so you're not killing people. You're helping them to you know, <laughs> basically celebrate their life and go out with the the best way that they can. On there, kind of almost brought a tear to my eye. You know, thinking about it. So. Mm. So, and you know it. And then uh, Hypnospace Outlaw was announced for consoles on here. So, And this is like a crazy indie game talking about where you have to comb an alternative worldwide web uh, searching for internet crime. But the worldwide web in the game looks like uh, basically like uh, American Online 1995. Yeah, you've got mail. Yeah, pretty much. On there, so it's coming out uh, for both the Switch. It's uh, there's a demo out for Switch now. It's coming out on August 27th. On there, um, also it's not only make it's making its way also to PS4 and Xbox One, but it'll have some additional features and new controls for the Switch. On there, I did some digging around. I did find out that this game is going to be a Games Pass game as well for Xbox. So just in case you want to get your heap and help in the indies and there you go if you're already into the service and you don't want to play it portably there you go ding 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 winner winner chicken dinner so on there and then another game um probably the last game i'll mention is uh, this game called card shark and i found it kind of interesting uh, i guess you play as a uh, card game connoisseur back in the 1800s but uh you are doing things like hiding cards and doing all sorts of tricks and trying not to get caught. And you know, they were showing the kind of graphical uh, confrontation that shows up if you do get caught. You know, you wind up with a bayonet to the head or you know an old school timey pistol. You know, get straight ass shot. Yeah, they kill uh, you if you if you get caught. You know, it's by a French developer, so it's just kind of funny because as he was explaining it. He was doing card tricks as he was as he was explaining it. It was a, like it was a very interesting um, way to do it. You know, I was like I was kind of intrigued. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know? 
It's a Devolver Digital published game, but it's a small team, uh, like Des said, um, bringing this game out. And uh, I just thought it was interesting. You know, it's just not your usual card game. I could tell you that the graphical style of it. You know, it's like these old timey 1800 Renaissance area France, where you're sitting there playing card games. It's just an interesting motif, to say the least. So. Mm on that so yeah that's pretty much it i know during the sizzle reel they showed grindstone which is a uh, cappy games like game they brought out for um, apple arcade that's finally being you know released out of that hellhole as the apple ios uh, game service on there it seems like you know i don't want to pay five bucks a month to play mobile games i don't have an ios device so guess what all those games finally made its way out, and Grindstone is going to be out in autumn of 2020. So I'll be taking a look at that. Yeah, I I actually got rid of my my Apple uh, my Apple uh, what you want to call it. I just was just your like, okay. Apple device. Did no, you go to I, Android? No, I have my Apple device. I just got rid of that that um, um, that service. I don't I don't have uh, Apple um, Apple Arcade anymore. Oh, yeah, I didn't know you grabbed Apple Arcade. Yeah. Just real with that. Yep, I tried Apple Arcade. Um, I played a couple of games on it, but then most of the games that I that I would have played were on um, <laughs> were already on uh, systems that I own. So I was just like, why am I doing this? You know, why am I paying five bucks? And I I had it for a couple months to see what it was all about, but for the most part, nah. Gotcha. So, I just uh, I don't, can't it. imagine less having a controller mount on my phone and that's not my that's not my life for gaming i'm sorry well it's just you just just, it's how you how you how you play it like i wasn't playing any game that didn't that didn't that required me to have a controller so it was very limiting on on the type of games that i could play so so you just have to understand that and then and then adjust accordingly so that's kind of what i did all right good deal all right, next news story is about a game we have talked off and on a bit. Uh, it's coming out uh, tomorrow, actually. But uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition uh, multiplayer is dun 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 region locked. Unfortunately, me and Des were talking about this so on there. Weird. I, I know I was looking to get a physical copy of this game, and unfortunately, the only place that it has a physical copy available is either Japan or Asia. Uh, for either the Switch or the PS4 version. And uh, unfortunately, it seems like uh, they will region lock uh, the software to your particular region. So if I wanted to buy in the Japanese version for some reason, I only am able to play with other Japanese players. So, <laughs> you know, I'd have Makes to actually no get sense. a Japanese PSN account. I already have one, but I wouldn't be able to play off my American account. So. On there. I'm thinking what they're doing is because of the fact that this is cross-play with both Android and iOS devices that they had to put a lot of uh, different uh, gates in this thing on there. So, and you know, it's unfortunately Japanese design games. Sometimes, you know, I would hate to say Japanese games are kind of sometimes archaic in how they implement their multiplayer and online services. At least they've been noted in the past as being kind of running esoteric or archaic kind of ways to join up online i remember like doing the original monster hunter on ps2 back in the day i mean we're talking about like you know services on a service and that kind of thing you know so not very consumer friendly no not really but uh i I will be checking this out i mean pretty much i have it pre-ordered it's 30 bucks um i enjoyed the original gamecube game from back in the day 
on there. And I'm unfortunately on top of this not supporting uh, cross-region online play, you cannot play uh, cooperatively in person either with this game. So uh, the GameCube game allowed for you, you to play up to four player, players, uh, single screen, couch co-op. And unfortunately, this, does, this version of the game does not support any sort of uh, co-op multiplayer on there. So it's strictly online only on there and it's limited to the dungeons on there so, Boo. so but I'm kind of curious to see how they implement this uh, they did announce at least that there's some DLC that you could purchase there's a bunch of skins from other Crystal Chronicles games in the series uh, that came out for like DS and Wii uh, that you're able to get skins for along with being able to buy additional weapons including a Moogle set of weapons on that so so, you know, even I will take it for what it's worth, uh, just in case if you guys are interested out there uh, for you listening on there, uh, you could download a light version. And as long as you know someone that owns the full version, you'd be able to play with them online uh, running the um, dungeons on there. So, like, Kev, if you're interested in checking this out and giving it a shot, you know, if you don't want to plunk down 30 bones on PSN. You can still play with us if need be. I'm not sure if you're planning on buying this desert or not. Uh, I had thought about it, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, like I said, you could download the uh, light version of the game and uh, play some of. I think you're Only able to play up the, the third, thirteen. 13 yeah. yeah. So. All right. Any other thoughts, you guys, on this before I move on? Nope. All right. Good deal. All right, next news item of interest. Uh, there's another game uh, that it's been on my Steam wish list, but I hadn't like put down my hard-earned Yankee dollars on there to pick it up. But this is a uh, particular uh, Toho game that I've had my eyes on. Uh, Toho Luna Nights uh, was announced by publisher Playism and uh, developer Team Ladybug. It's coming out for Xbox One and Windows 10 via the Microsoft Store on September 3rd for uh, $17.99. It's also coming out for uh, Xbox Games Pass, so it's going to be out on September 3rd. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Toho at all. I could kind of give you like a little bit of a breakdown of it. This is like a indie project started in Japan back in 1995 by one guy and from this whole project um, they have had a number of different uh, independent uh, bullet hell shooter games come out and this kind of inspired and the guy that actually created the Toho project was very liberal with letting other people use the characters and it kind of came to where it supported the doujin comic uh, kind of sensation so there's a bunch of fan manga fan anime and um since then this is back in like 2005 this first started you know we're talking it's 2020 now and people have liberally like um taken this license and take it took it for all it's worth basically so there's a number of different uh, toho games out for playstation 4 on there of course there's still certain games coming out for pc so uh basically if you want to create a game in this particular universe and or create a 
manga or anime, uh, pretty much it's all under the same uh, Project Toho tentpole on there. And the fans have kind of taken to where they've gone into this universe and created any number of different gaming titles with different genres, different uh, series style of manga and different genres there. And same thing with uh, anime. So it's just kind of interesting to see uh, what games come kind of come out from this uh, particular Toho uh, tentpole on there, this Toho project on there. But this is a, very much a Metroidvania game on there. It came out on Steam Early Access in August 2018 on there, and it's been out about, I would say, about a year and a half on Steam on there. And it's constantly getting, like, you know, nines and tens as far as uh, ratings go. And um, It was definitely on my wish list for a reason, but... This particular version of the game will actually have an extra boss battle that's not in the Steam version on that. And I found it interesting, too, that they chose Xbox and Windows as being, like, kind of the uh, first console version on there. I know they announced the Switch version back last year, but there's no confirmation of any sort of release date or date. On so. Interesting. But, yeah. I'll be checking it out on September 3rd. I, once I saw this, I was kind of, I've been hemming and hawing buying this on Steam, and it's like, okay, there you go, Games Pass. So boy, you know, and, you know, if I really want to buy it, yeah, guess what? I'll just buy it. You know, we'll see. We'll see if it's announced for other viable platforms, Switch or PS4. In the meantime, so awesome. And uh, last but not least, last news story has to do with an upcoming game this coming Friday. Um, Wasteland 3 in Exile's uh, new game on there is coming out. And what I didn't know about this uh, is that there is cooperative play in the game on here. So, And uh, I guess you're able to work with a partner to strategize combat. And decide how to navigate the gangs, factions, and cults of Colorado, and how to divvy up loot on there. So, and I don't know if you remember guys seeing this particular trailer, but it does. It's an RPG. It features tactical turn-based combat on there. I know there's even a gang that is inspired by Ronald Reagan, which is quite, quite uh, topical since the RNC are running their convention as we speak. So. But uh, you're able to create a uh, squad up to six ranger and customize them with perks, abilities, geared to your play style. On there, you're able to go ahead and, and pick up your own battle truck on there. And so I'm just really curious about this game. It's coming out, uh, like I said, uh, coming out on Friday on here. So it'll be out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Yeah, I've seen there. people so, play it. It looks pretty good. You know, I've played yeah. the second... Oh, Wasteland. So I most likely will 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 at least try this one to see how it plays. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, I think it's a post-apocalyptic uh, nuclear Colorado. That's yep. where it's based out of. And uh, I've seen a number of trailers, and you know, and this is in Excel did get purchased by Microsoft, but this is one of the games that they announced prior to their purchase, and so. Um, it is available, you know, I hate to be, sound like I'm beating a dead horse, beating the Game Pass drum, but yeah, it's available on Games Pass as well. So I'll have to give up my uh, PlayStation, uh, like, fanboy card, right? Sure. <laughs> what do you think, Kev? I know you've been quiet. I've been talking about all this Game Pass fair, at least the last couple stories. So. 
I mean, I won't be playing it. It's a tactical RPG. Oh, I know. I know. You're so, so that is a hard pass, my good man. That'll be a no. Hells to the no-no. But uh, maybe we'll be talking about Wasteland 3 next week. We'll see. So, And if you guys are interested, I'm not sure how deep a co-op. Is it just a two-player co-op? Do you know? Des? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see on here. But, I, I think uh, it's two, though. Yeah, I think it's two. So just keep in mind out you people out there, if you do want to play, let us know. We will be more than happy to come visit your world if need be. So, But uh, that is all the news I have for this week, gentlemen. Okay, oh, real quick. Did either of you guys check out the trailer for Black Myth Wukong? Uh, yeah, oh, I did. I watched the whole thing. Man, I think I've watched that like six times. That is that is my type of game. That is my type of game. Uh, the I saw that combat. I said I'm 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 all in like Flynn day one, and the the graphics, the shading, like like when when they were he was fighting that that dog man thing, whatever it was at that white wolf thing at the end, where he set him on fire. The the graphic the the lighting effects on that as it was it was the fur was looked like it was literally burning off him yeah i mean it was oh man that 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 is a show enough game right there well uh they actually i don't know if you guys know this is a chinese game studio yeah game Game science Science. yeah yeah and uh there was um basically he reacted the um founder jing Feng Ji, excuse me, um, responded to the popularity of its first trailer on there. And he had, uh, they, on Resetoric, translated uh, the message on there as far as his reaction, everyone's reaction to the trailer on there. But he said he wanted to expand the development team and recruit more people, but he wasn't able to or struggled at achieving that. That he wanted to record an honest trailer for purposes of a recruitment and didn't expect to be praised as an industry savior, quote unquote. Yeah. On there, um, he stated there's a lot of patchwork and rough aspects on what was shared in the trailer. Uh, then he talks about the areas of the game that, in his view, were still in poor shape. Uh, talking about the animations of the small bodies, uh, something in regards to how they made the sculpt mode of the golden. S- uh, Sisada, I guess that's that like uh, kind of an onk, like a bug. Yes, that bit, that bug that you turn into. Yeah, that you use for stealth purposes cicada. and getting yeah. past certain. Yeah, Sisada, yeah. Pro- pronunciation 101, starring Desmond mm-hmm. Miller and Joe. Oh. Uh, he also commented about the how the body of water in the trailer completely lacked any fluid physics or any feedback on here. So he's capping on himself. He's sitting there saying like all the like things of course uh, that he felt was wrong in the trailer but everyone just reacted so much uh that uh, just how awesome that trailer looked i definitely think you guys out there should uh give it a gander on there i apologize for not mentioning in the news i saw this news story and i wasn't sure you know as far as how far along this thing was but uh people are starved that's why yes starved for uh for content for new IP and and then you have someone popping out and you're and they want like, something that looks next gen yeah too that too yeah 
We want something yeah. that looks that looks next gen. Tell me why. Tell me why I'm going to be spending this five to six hundred dollars. Now, granted, I will say that one company has made that case, but another company is still struggling in that department. I will leave it at that. Uh, and the, that um, Wukong looked amazing, though. <laughs> I, I can't wait to play that. Yeah, he made statements too, saying about the um, the fur implementation he feels is still poor compared to hairless skin. <laughs> And that the team is happy that the response to the real reveal has been explosive, but they're not letting it get to their heads. I hope not. <laughs> and please forget forget what we have shown at this time <laughs> on there. So, and then uh, and we will uh, go back in hiding and continue to continue continue to work on the game on there. And the extra continues are my emphasis as far as what was translated for this. So we'll have to see what comes of it. It's kind of like Bright Memory Infinite. It looks like it's a good seed uh, for a, a hopefully a fully fleshed out title to, to come on here. So, Indeed. So that has been the news for this episode. So we're going to move right into the main event. And Des is going to take it away with this one. So, Des, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, everybody, for, for, for tuning in. Uh, the main events have been usually, you know, us talking about uh, community, you know, asking a question and talking about community response. And for this time, we also did another, uh, uh, another question that we asked everybody. And that question was... Imperial. Was I was that? saying Imperial because, you know, burr, 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 Imperial. Imperial. <laughs> so you're throwing I'm me old. Off, anyway. I'm old. Yeah, yes. you are. But anyway, um, so for our next effort, uh, for, for this for this one, we basically said, what is a favorite memory or two from game conventions that you've attended previously? So that would be like E3, PAX, PSX, Evo, you know, etc. You know? And uh, Joe tweeted this out. Uh, thank you so much. And it's we posted it last week. And we got a couple of responses. But before we go to our responses, I wanted to talk to Kevin and see, you know, what uh, what, what was one of your memories, Kev, uh, from, from going to uh, a, a, a video game event? Well, the only one I've been to is PSX. So... And ironically, it, it really had nothing to do with the gaming convention itself. It, it was actually kind of, it was actually really funny. So I'm in an elevator and I've got, uh, I've got my, my, I got a shirt that has a picture of Vegeta on the front. And there's like a whole bunch of, I guess they were Japanese exchange students in the lobby of the hotel. And they see me get up, getting, either getting in or getting off the elevator. And the, in unison, they, they shout Kamehameha at me. Ah. I thought that was like that was like <laughs> that was like the dopest thing I ever experienced at a, at a convention. It had nothing to do with the uh, with PSX. They are because I, I didn't see any of them with the uh, you know like the goodie bag that they give you. But it it it, it was it, that was super dope. <laughs> I mean, it sounds I'm just, like it. I'm I'm just glad they didn't think I was Mr. Popo. As long as we can do that, <laughs> wow, I'm actually happy. But yeah. but yeah, that that's that's my gaming convention memory. Like I said, I've never been to any others. I kind of thought about going to PAX, but 
it's like I, I don't know. It, it packs because it, it's like that's indie focused, right? Indie no, games focused, no, they, no. they have all different types, you know. Um, so it, I don't know. I, I I maybe in the future, like I've I've heard Magfest is pretty cool. Um, I think that's out in Seattle. No, uh, Magfest is in Maryland. Maryland. Magfest okay. West is in San Jose okay. uh, area. Yeah, Magfest is more focused on uh, game music, so there's a lot of emphasis on concerts and that kind of thing. So okay, and I one of these days I need to make it down to that um, that arcade convention in Northern California. It's the one that Giant Bomb uh, talks about all the t- every year when they go. I, I doubt. It, obviously, it's not going to be this year. If it, if it might have already passed, the time for it has passed. Uh, California Extreme. California Extreme. Yeah, um, I want to get definitely want to get down there at some point and check that out. But uh, but yeah, that's my game. My, my convention experience. All right, Joe. I, didn't, yours. Didn't you didn't you go to the retro game uh, fest in Las Vegas that one time too? Yeah, I did. I forgot. That was that was that was gosh, that's going that's going like seven years ago. Hey, that um, counts. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, it was um, me and my wife went to Vegas. Uh, you know, bless her heart. She, it was for the purpose of me going to this convention, so it was pretty dope. Unfortunately, the thing about that particular convention was that a lot of the stuff that they had wasn't very there wasn't a lot of selection. Like I'm an Intellivision collector, and I'm looking at at what these got, what these cats were were showing off, and everybody had the same games. And I'm looking at this. I said my collection is more in depth than you guys's. I mean, you guys, you guys, you guys are on the struggle wagon when it comes to this Intellivision stuff. I mean, nobody had Space Battle. Nobody had Space Hawk. Nobody even had. I mean, the 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 only there was only like one collector that stood out, and I think he had a copy of Frog Bog, and I think he was the only one with that game. And I'm like, this is pitiful. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm being real, and the fact that they were asking kind of, uh, uh, they were like go, doing asking some kind of outrageous prices for games that were not necessarily in their original box, because part of in television collecting is the box art, you know, and from the in the original boxes, because those were literally works of art. They were like watercolor paintings. Um, really, really good art on those boxes. And I'm sorry, I'm not paying you 30 bucks for skiing with just the cart. I'm, I'm not I'm not doing that. I mean, you, you can get that game out of the box on eBay for three bucks. Mm. So, you know, it, it was it was kind of a letdown. I mean, they had some Vectrex stuff, and I almost pulled the trigger on a Vectrex, but I'm glad I didn't because, in retrospect, that guy was asking way too much money. He was, he was, he was asking, like, 450 or five for it, and I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't blame you. But, yeah. Yeah. So that that's really all, all my experience. I, I wish... That that retro one would have been better, because I really had high hopes that it would be. But even like the twenty six hundred stuff was was kind of vacant. Nobody had any ColecoVision. The the everybody was just like a lot of NES stuff, 
there was a lot of Sega Saturn stuff, and man, were they bending people over on that. Um, like, I wanted to get a... Um, I, I almost pulled the trigger on a copy of Burning Rangers, and this guy wanted $150 for the Japanese version of that game. I said, I'm not, no, I, I can't remember what it was on eBay at the time, but it was way less than that. And, you know, like, the guy owned a store in Vegas. I actually went to his store, and I almost, I thought about buying, and he, has, he, had, he had an original, like a first generation in television out of the box, but with all the components and the, and the component cables. And he wanted 80 bucks for that, and I'd, I'd seen it locally in Fresno back when we had BRE software. I had seen it locally here, here in Fresno. The, the BRE was selling it for like something, something between 60 and 70 bucks. So I didn't buy that. But I mean, the, that one was kind of like, there. I wish there was more stuff there. Like nobody had any Neo Geo CD stuff. Nobody had any you know, turbo graphics stuff. It was very limited in scope for being in such a big, uh, big hall in the casino. Cause it was at, it was at the, was it the grand? It was in one of the, it was, it was off strip. It was in downtown Las Vegas and it was in a huge, uh, hall, but there was just nothing there. So I, I just wish that would have been better, but that's my that's my convention experience. Cool, cool. Uh, so for me, my convention experience would have to have been going to uh, PAX with Joe uh, for the first time. So I go to mostly comic book conventions, and I've been to been to like fifty or not probably not that many, but I've been to a ton of them, a lot of them. Uh, I've been to you know the Dirt Mall you know, type of convention. So that, that's my, what I used to go to a lot. Um, and still too, I mean, I would have went to, I probably wouldn't have gone to Comic-Con this year because I went last year and promised I wouldn't go this year, but I was, we were all trying to go to PAX this year. So last year, Joe and I went to PAX and that was, you know, that was one of the best, you know, uh, experiences uh, that I've had. And I've been to, um, Day of the Devs, that was fun. Joe came up for that in San Francisco. And then I went to um, PSX when it was in San Francisco. And that was fun. Kev came up for that as well. And we all hung out. And Lefty Brown was there. And that was fun. That was my first my first real experience. Uh, but PAX by far was, was, was fantastic. Just, you know, seeing all the different gaming, seeing, seeing playing the games, looking around, uh, and just going around and seeing different stuff. Um, but the one, the one thing that really was 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 fun to me was uh, Joe and I going and standing in line uh, to get pictures at the Monster Hunter Iceborne booth, and we got to meet the Cooking Mama and took pictures with her. That was great. And then we took pictures with the. Please correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. It was the producer. Of Monster Hunter, correct. It's like he's the godfather yeah. of Monster Hunter, basically. So. so, so we took pictures with him, 
and and we got a signed poster and it was just fantastic like he was such a cool guy because he didn't really speak that much english but he was very happy and the best thing about it was for whatever reason joe just had this very stern look on his face when he met him and i was just like why didn't you smile and he's like i don't know so i'm sitting here making like a funny face You're like hey everybody and he's giving a thumbs up and stuff and he's just a great guy i really i really enjoyed that that was that was a lot of fun uh, just just hanging out with joe at pax and walking around and getting all the swag and 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 joe refusing my offer for free swag he'd I got a sword for Final Fantasy. I'll never let the I'll never let him live it down. I I got an extra foam sword for Final Fantasy while he was standing in line for something, some game. And then <laughs> I got it and I was like, "Joe, I got this for you." And he was just like, "Piff piff, I don't want that." That's <laughs> and I was just like, "But but I got it for you." And he's just like, "No, I don't want it. I want to carry that." And this guy walking by was just like, hey, can I have it? And I'm like, sure, buddy. You can have this. He's like, oh, thanks, man. So I got to share that, that moment with some rando stranger <laughs> gaming nerd like myself. So I just thought that was pretty funny. So for me, that's my uh, most um, my, my, my most memorable or my funnest moment, uh, my favorite memory from, um, from a uh, convention. So... Well, so the, Jed, the whole go ahead, Jed. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. You're next, so go ahead. Okay. Well, well I was going to make a mention of why I was trying to look more stern, and it backfired on my ass. Is that <laughs> um, I met this guy before. The he's the executive producer. His name is Riozo Tushimoto on here, and so I have, I have multiple pictures with him from like PSX before. And and then the uh, fan Monster Hunter event that we attended. Oh yeah, my ex-wife on there. I think you forgot to mention that too, because I think out of all, all the the two little events that we did at Capcom's headquarters, I thought those were like but I super fun. I can't, but I hadn't think I didn't really consider those like uh, conventions. Well, they no more because they were specifically for Capcom, and we literally sat there for for like ten hours playing Monster Hunter, you know, with randos. <laughs> Oh, it was amazing though. Don't get me wrong. Now that was oh yeah. If we want to, if we if we're counting that as a as a convention or a gaming convention, then that would be it. Yeah. That was that was just amazing. Everyone was super cool. They gave us pizza. We all stayed and played games. It was it was just an amazing day. So so yeah, if I they had to, that would be it. They had two events. One uh, one right when Monster Hunter Three Ultimate came out. And so they had Wii U set up along with, uh, you know, you could play on a 3DS. And so the first one, we were able to go into the third floor on Capcom's headquarters. And it was just having us sequestered in a particular room. <laughs> and they're playing constant four-player Monster Hunter partied up with other people. I, I, I wish you were in the series back then, Kip, because I think you would have been uh, really satisfied with the uh, back and forth be able to play in person mm-hmm. with other p- players on that partying up with different people. Yeah, it was so uh, cool. The second year, they actually had more of an extravaganza. They had a, like a tent set up on there, and they had part of the uh, like lobby open to go and purchase Monster Hunter uh, items de jour on there. So, but the reason why I was trying to be dour, oh, hold on, hold on. a little bit more serious, real quick, Joe, and that's when I got the he signed those 
those masks, right? He signed yeah. the um the what are the Chakalaka? God, yeah, yeah, Chak- yeah. Uh, Gajalaka masks, and he signed one. Gajalaka. And then I won it in a raffle, and you look so pitiful. And I was just like, "Here you go, Joe," and I gave it to you. I remember that. Yeah, I still have it. Of course you do, because it was amazing and it was awesome. I know. So I know, but yeah, the reason why I was trying to look a little bit more serious because my previous picture with him, I was just had this like goofy, like uh, you know. Uh, Stupid look on my face, quote unquote. I'm just trying to fig- figure the best word for it, but <laughs> probably no. I took it exactly the exact opposite and it looked like you know my mom just died or something in the damn pictures. <laughs> it was so funny. I was just like, what? And, and he's just like, and the thing that was crazy was he was just straight up just the 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 guy was just straight up just just grinning. Just grinning, hey! I don't know, he's <laughs> probably not paying attention. He's but having to do this just, for an hour and a half, waiting for people on the line. But, but it was just so funny. Like he was just so happy, and, and Joe was sitting here like, "I'm Joe." Yeah, <laughs> that was good. But yeah, my history of conventions. I've, I hate to say, I've, I've attended quite a few on here. My first convention i attended was e3 1996 so nice. and um kev would do a test uh, you know i went because of a gamestop manager named deborah deborah was like the nicest lady deborah <laughs> um, was super cool yeah she was super cool and uh she helped me make a um make up a business card so i i am the um, president and owner of video game central back in 1996 i submitted my application uh to e3 and i was able to attend e3 and so i was able to go down for free so me uh listener of the show john uh, and then uh, our mutual friend randy uh went down and attended e3 uh, and so that was my first time uh, attending a gaming event, so that was my first time on there. So, and I went as an owner of a small video game store. Ha ha ha! So, but I loved the fact when I picked up my um, ID card that they gave me uh, an exhibitor badge, so I was able to walk in prior to them opening up the doors at that particular E3 on there. And I remember walking out on the floor. Uh, the first day and running to Sega's, not really running, but I uh, made my way Trotting. to Sega's booth to play Knights on display on the Saturn, and I was just like, just happier than you know what. But that that E3 was just really cool. It's like um, it was the N64 uh, being shown, so we got to see Mario 64 at the show, of course, um, and uh, different things like I played Conquer. Previous to him getting his bad fur fur day, I played the original version of that, but I'm being mystified at Sega's booth playing both Knights and Panzer Dragon too, and then Sony was exhibiting uh, quite a few things. Crash Bandicoot was the main tentpole at the particular event, and so this started like a nice run of, uh, I think I attended E3 all the way up to 2003, I believe, so... I went to both Atlanta shows. Um, I was writing for Gaming Age at the time, so I went as media for those uh, two times. And I remember going to Nintendo's um, press conference, I believe, in the second E3 in 
Atlanta and was watching the uh, reveal of Pokemon <laughs> at the show. And of course, once I saw it, I, I didn't know what the hell it was. I was actually making, oh, look at this kid's crap. <laughs> you know, so. Little did you know. And then, little did I know, yes. <laughs> so, and it was just kind of funny rolling with the press thing. Uh, you know, of course, writing for a gaming age at the time was just really cool because, you know, it was like quite a few people that wound up going to EGM or other things. Sam Kennedy, Greg Seward. You know, I was conventioning with these folk because you know, these were the people that I was writing on the website with. And so, you know, uh, getting free free meal. And I was eating like, uh, like great, you know, I was eating catered meals at these uh, conferences and I was just like, Good times, <laughs> but uh, you gave God, it all up for the IRS. You know it. IRS, the IRS. Something. <laughs> Gotta go where the getting's good, right? But uh, after that, then um, once E3 went back to LA, uh, my friend Dom uh, had a uh, card shop, so we they were very lax back then, and we were able to all get in, and we were like. Even we brought in a couple of friends of ours. They were like their job titles were janitorial assistant and all this other stuff. So, and those are the times from like 1999 on until like 2003. We were able to go every year, and so it's just like you know, just a lot of like you know, fun memories of you know checking out the games each year. And so that's why, if anything, why I'm piff piff about getting con stuff is that. Oh, oh, because you had the greatest. Is that it? No, I, I had a bod, a couple boxes full of E3 crap. <laughs> you know, sitting there like promo stuff. I kind of wish I kept some of that stuff because I had press kits and stuff like that that probably people would kill for uh, nowadays. But um, after that, then, I mean, obviously my uh, experience with cons. I mean, the, the first PSX that me and Kev went to, I was especially of note, I think that was the first event I attended in Vegas and uh, I remember us the first day trying to walk to the sands and trying to figure out where the damn entrance was and trying to get in there before the show opened. Uh, I wound up in line to try to get the 20th anniversary PS, PS4 and was like, I think fourth or fifth in the line, basically that people in the line ahead of us got uh, a, were able to buy the system and we just barely missed the uh, window uh, as far as the line the line cut off like about three or four people ahead of us so i don't know if you were crying kev but i was certainly crying <laughs> so no my wallet wasn't crying when i left <laughs> that's for sure there you go <laughs> yeah so psx said i wish they would bring that back um but yeah that's pretty much been my history uh, with gaming conventions and one of my particular best memories too is um me and a bunch of my friends getting together and jamming up in two two cars and driving up the GameStop in San Jose and waiting in line to uh, get um, swag and stuff signed by Yu Suzuki. So this was during the time where Shenmue 1 was coming out for Dreamcast. And so I went managed to bring a um, my dream. I brought my Dreamcast and I brought a copy of Next Generation 1. And so I still have a signed Dreamcast from Yu Suzuki and also uh, the first issue of Next Generation, which had Virtua Fighter on the cover. So Crazy. Love it. I know. That's I just, the stories you love to hear, you know? 
Oh, and then the celebrities on the floor too. I mean, uh, I know, um, God, I was like, I was talking to Victor Ireland, the president of working designs for a minute. Cause that was during that 1996 E3. I just happened to be in the booth and saw him playing nights next to me. I was sitting there talking to him for like 10, 15 minutes, just about RPGs. And this is the, um, guy that brought out like lunar lunar 2 and all this other stuff all and he then, wanted to do was play that damn game and you just kept talking to him huh? yeah god forbid <laughs> and of course you know seeing celebrities like gary coleman rest in peace uh, ice tea that's <laughs> down the floor uh, i got some pictures with yuji naka uh, so i still have those somewhere i gotta go dig those up but uh you know after you know seeing the 90s in booth babes it's like you know it's like I don't want to even think about what used to be uh, acceptable back then, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. I remember you, you. I think you tried to get me to go to E3 one year, and I was just like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> that was you really... could have gone. Everyone went. No, I mean... really wasn't into games at that point. Like I, I played them, but I really wasn't into them, you know. So. Yeah. But... And me and my group of friends, too, we just went out and, like, drank and or, you know, went to, like, Pink's, drove out to Pink's Hot Dogs and you know, various spots. Spearmint Rhino. Wait, well, I don't know where the Spearmint Rhino is. Take that out of the record. <laughs> so, but, yeah, that's my uh, experiences with game conventions. So I would love to go to PAX next year. Uh, hopefully COVID will kind of rule its roost and hopefully you could join us too, Kev. We'll see. We'll see if Sony actually comes up with a PSX for once. So I ain't going nowhere if this COVID's still working. Well, oh, like I anyone don't. is. <laughs> nope. so. Alrighty. So uh, we got a couple of, like I said, we got a couple of, um, of replies. Uh, one, of, one of the ones we got is from Chaffee. Uh, that at that Chaffee, and he says, My favorite memory from attending E3 and uh, PSX was one, getting the chance to meet up with friends with internet friends. That's always good to meet people that you that you play, um, you play these games with, and actually putting a face to a to a to a voice. That's always very interesting. Uh, knowing that I could strike up a conversation with almost anyone because we were all there for the same reason. That's number two. And number three, free swag. Everyone loves the free swag, except for Joe, obviously. So, cause, or he doesn't like my free swag. So, <laughs> so. Nope. He said nope. <laughs> um, okay, and then we have one from, from our friend and yours, uh, Fred French, 2017, double F 2018, says, Sorry, guys. I have no answer for this week. Uh, thought, uh, thought about going to PAX East a few times. But it just never really, but it, but just never happened. Uh, well, hope you guys have a great show. Arrivederci, arrivederci. Thank you, uh, uh, Mr. French, Mr. Fred French, for for chiming in. Even if you didn't have anything, you know, hopefully you'll be able to get to one of them one day. As once all this calms down, take your grandkids. It'll be great. Um, and then uh, Eric Glover or Glovebox uh, says. My favorite thing I do every year is attend PAX East as an enforcer. If you don't know what that is, that's um, they have these different slots or different um, uh, things that you can do at PAX to help people out because PAX is very com- community-oriented and they engage a lot of volunteers. And one of those types of volunteers is an enforcer. He says, I get a chance to see and play all the new stuff before the doors open and I get to hang out with a co-host from my podcast, Captain Mike M, all weekend. There you go. 
So another thing, you know, you can actually meet these people that you, you know, commute or uh, correspond with all over the world. Uh, one good thing about the internet and podcasting and everything is, is you meet a lot of people um, throughout the whole world that you can that you can meet and, and hang out with. And these these are gathering hubs, just like Comic-Con and just like all these other conventions where, where like-minded people can get together and kind of super geek out. So, so yeah. So, uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, for, for, um, coming in and, and giving us, uh, your thoughts on this question. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, thank you, Glovebox. Say it again. I said, thank you, Glovebox. Uh, if you don't know, but, uh, listen to Bad Father Figures on your favorite podcast aggregate websites. Yeah. Check them out. Check them out. So, and hit up his YouTube channel. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. See what he looks like. Uh, also, I wanted to say uh, for our next question, and I know that we all know that video games is a visual medium, but it's also an audio medium. So I wanted to ask, or we want to know, what is your favorite soundtrack? Um, what is it? For, what what game is that from, or what series is that from? What is one of those things that that you would put into the you your your car stereo? You know, and you would just listen to it. You know, you would stream it. Um, uh, what What is a video game soundtrack that just really kind of speaks to you? And it, it either makes you cry or makes you happy or it just gets you gets you right in the in that special spot. You know, makes it mean something to you. You know, was it Mega Man? Was it uh, the death of Eris? You know, was it? Uh, I don't know. Probably something for Final Fantasy because everyone loves that shit. So, um, sorry. <laughs> But Aris let us died? Know. What? Huh? What? What happened? Aris died in Final Fantasy VII? I didn't know. Oh, for all those new people that had never played it before and are just <laughs> finally playing it with the with the remakes or the so um, sorry, spoiler alert. If if you're if you're what is it? If you're older than twenty, <laughs> she died. Um, so. <laughs> You know, sorry for younger than twenty or whatever. She, she resurrected and she was the auto robo dialer at GameStop and called and let you know that your pre order was ready. So there you go. <laughs> Eris came back to serve penance. <laughs> Hi, this is Eris. Your copy of Monster Hunter Three is now in stock. Come and pick <laughs> up your <laughs> Her voice gets all super deep. Yes, whatever whatever the game title is, yeah. Crash so. Bandicoot. Okay. So again, uh that question. And we'll get it out. Is um, what is your favorite video game soundtrack? What is one that just kind of just is next level for you? Like I know I have a couple, and and it's not nerdy. Is all I gotta say. You know these soundtracks. People spend a lot of time on these soundtracks, and and they're supposed to move you. So so tell us which ones moved you, whether in a good way or a bad way. You know, because some of them are probably stinkers. So, so if if you if you have one that you hated and you can't stand, tell us that too. <laughs> so, but that's it for our for our community um our our main event and our our community questions. So, you guys, I'm turning it back over to Kevin. Well, all right. And if you would like to be, if you would like to uh, respond to a either a community question. Or if you would like to be part of the show, you can email us at gettingvessels at gmail.com. You can also contact us through Twitter at Gaming Vessels, uh, through our Twitter account there. And re- wherever you download, uh, wherever you download this podcast, whatever podcast aggregate you choose, be sure to hit up 
our Discord server link. Uh, there is no vetting process. You just click the link and you'll jump in. Uh, I, for one, am sending more and more content that I would normally uh, post on Twitter to the Discord as we're trying to build up our community on that side, on, on that application. So hit us up there. Individually, I can be found on Twitter at Shonuff71. That's S H O N U F the number 71. PlayStation, I am Shonuff7, same spelling with the number 7. Xbox Live, I'm Shonuff071, same spelling with 071. And on Steam, I am Shonuff71, same spelling as before. So, Trader Joe, where can folks get a hold of you at? They can find me anywhere they want, especially on PSN and Steam under the username Kamunagar, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A, Xbox and Uplay. I'm Kamunagar, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A, 6995. Twitter, Joe Fongul. I'm forwarding a lot of stuff, trying to win contests and mm-hmm. chatting about this, that, and the other thing. Uh, Nintendo, you can... Add my friend code four seven one two five nine five three one four zero nine. Dez, where can the folks get a hold of you at? Yeah, you can find me at uh, Nemo Tigger N E T N E M O T G G R, and that is on uh, PSN and and um, game. Uh, what is that? Xbox Live. Sorry, totally forgot about it. And you can also find me on a Twitter at the Nemo Six, uh, T H E N E M O S I X. All right, well, folks, we want to thank you for hanging in there with us as we bring season six, episode twenty-nine, to a close. For Trader Joe, aka the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar, and Des, aka. The Bay Area Terror, I am Shonuff71, signing off and saying we'll be back next week. Peace!